Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We're currently in John chapter 12 and we're working through verses 20 through 26. Where we left off last time, we were discussing the issue of judgment. Um, A Christian judging and under what circumstances is that uh, appropriate? So let, let me begin today by asking the question, how are we to go about the practice of godly judgment? Now the primary stipulation given for Christians regarding judging is that we are not to proclaim our own judgments, those that are based on our own opinions, but we are to pronounce the judgments of God and those that are therefore based on truth. Now Jesus, he serves as the best example in this manner. He said, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my righteous or excuse me, and my judgment is righteous, because I don't seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Now here Jesus confirms that all true judgment comes from God alone. But he also here sets forth the criteria for what constitutes just judgments. Jesus says that because he places his will and subjection to God the Father, he is able to hear God's words. And he can be then sent by God to pronounce his judgments. Again, we we read from John chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, that Jesus asserts that only judgments that come from God are absolutely true. It says, you judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one. Even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. So, this is the pattern of how we are commanded to judge righteously. John 7, 24. Don't judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. You see, we must have our will in subjection to God's, which enables us to then know God's words and allow us to be sent by God to others with his message on any matter, really. So the bottom line in all of this is actually threefold. One, that is that we are not to judge the residents of the world, but rather those who call themselves God's church. That's important. 1 Corinthians 5.12 instructs us, For what do I have to do with also judging those who are outside? Don't you judge those who are within? Speaking of the family of God. Two, we are to judge what is right in this world and do so according to God's word and not our own ideals. When it comes to practices and issues and subject matter. Thirdly, we are to... uh, Well, point that judging finger first towards ourselves before we ever begin pointing it uh, out there. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we discerned ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. What then is the scriptural criteria for making such a judgment of ourselves and all that we're expected to judge around us? Jesus, when answering this request, We would like to see Jesus. He began by saying, 
The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So what was overwhelmingly evident that day in John chapter 12, as well as throughout the earthly ministry of Jesus, was that many folks were coming to him with wrong motives. Some came searching for the bread and fish miracle worker. Some sought the healer. Some sought the comforter. Frankly, few came looking for Jesus, or at least the one that Paul found on the Damascus Road that day, when Jesus said, quote, For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake, for he is my chosen vessel to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. I think very few people are frankly looking for that Jesus. The world has seen many sides of Jesus up until this point in the Gospels, but now as he is approaching the cross, it seemed, well, increasingly critical that the people actually saw him for who and what he really was, specifically, absolutely. That they would see the sacrifice, the payment for man's sins. Because in this role, he becomes the door to our creator, the the mediator between a perfect, holy, and just God and his hopelessly corrupted creation. Now, we may all start by being drawn to Christ for various reasons, like the miraculous, the provision, etc. But we're not reborn through those manifests. We are reborn through the cross. And that is something of which he asks asks us to actually participate. You see, it was this man, if you will, if I can call him that, this man, this role that he would play, that had to be and has to be acknowledged and received. It was a time now to glorify the Son of Man. So you see, glorify, that's a word that denotes praise and honor and celebration. So our salvation experience must begin at that point. Few of us, if any actually, grasp the totality of the person of Christ and the whole of the meaning of his life and sacrifice, most definitely as we begin this race. But we must certainly begin this journey with a clear understanding of what it is we're doing. That's critical if we're not to, well, miss the moon, as I spoke of recently. If we're not to miss the moon years from now when we finally get there. And the proof, if you will, is the glorifying of Jesus with our mouths and moreover with our lives. Praise, honor, celebration. Does this describe your relationship with Jesus today? Do our lives, not merely our mouths, but our very lives, pour forth praise and honor? Do I celebrate my king? I think many of us are quick to draw here and say, oh yes, yes, absolutely. But the fact remains that few of us actually ever attend that party. I mean, we're like those who have been invited to the wedding feast and and all we do is offer up worldly excuses for our inability to attend. Well, we're too busy. We're too preoccupied and other responsibilities that we have to deal with. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. 
To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.